This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vaches? I don't have to show you any stinking vaches! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Just doing a quick perusal. CNN, new reports detail Trump Associates Russia contacts. I think this is the one that they're they're talking about somebody who was targeted by the Russians in the Trump administration. Thus, it's their fault. (laughs) The Russians target them and it's their fault. Uh, Let's see. Uh, MSNBS is still talking about their exclusive with Susan Rice, where she denies that she put together a spreadsheet of all of these Trump contacts. And of course, they all believe her. President Trump turning attention to jobs and Russia, according to Fox News. Fox Business, President Trump, infrastructure. The bill may top $1 trillion. So um, it's fascinating to me to see how these channels cover what they think is news. So it's it's, um, quite interesting in my my mind. Somebody who is a media watcher. Not just somebody who tunes in, but somebody who watches for the patterns. Uh, telephone number is 888 I would be very curious to hear what you all think about this idea of legalizing drugs. Let me give you the number again. The number is $31 billion with a B that we spend, that's now it's proposed, being spent for 2017. And we have an epidemic in this country. It's an epidemic of drugs. So I, um, I, what did my, my buddy Skip Lacombe used to say? You're doing it wrong. I think we're doing it wrong. Now, I remember back in the 80s that the just say no campaign, that stuff didn't work very well. But there wasn't that much, as far as dollars, comparatively speaking, put into that type of campaign. Look at that contrasted to the billions of public relations dollars and emphasis put on by the country with alcohol. Now, I'm not saying that alcohol is, is, shall we say, drink, drinking and driving is, but alcohol is not looked down upon. And I don't think that we want to get to that place where 
drugs are the same thing. In particular, now marijuana, I, I, and I'm speaking as a guy who's never tried an illicit drug before. I've never even taken a puff of a joint, never. So I'm, I am speaking out of ignorance here because I don't know, and I've never had the desire to have drugs in my system. So all that being said, what if we took, let's just say half of the $31 billion and sunk that into prevention, sunk, sunk that into uh, educational, television education, school education, to make sure that there's nobody in America that doesn't know and understand the dangers of illicit drugs. Take the other $15 billion and bank it. Put it, I know, uh, seeing how much this, this government overspends, it's a drop in the bucket. But hey, $15 billion is still $15 billion. And I'd rather see that than this losing effort. Because right now we're spending the money and we're, we're drowning in drugs. Now, what is the net effect immediately when you take down or when you make or you decriminalize, let's say, illicit drugs? What's the net effect? automatically the price drops out. There's a, a story in the Daily Caller today that, that I didn't have this earlier, but just came up. Governors warn that, uh, that cartels stand to gain from Trump's drug proposals. Officials from states with legalized marijuana are warning the Trump administration that a crackdown on state pot laws will only serve to boost illicit sales. So it's, so it's going to boost illicit sales. What's going to happen to the price? When it's rare, the price goes up. It goes up. And when the cost of getting those illegal drugs to market goes up, guess what happens? Price of them goes up. And the profits for the drug cartels go up. And they're massive. Massive profits. So you decriminalize, then you start taxing it and regulating it. And uh, then you can get some revenue off of it, as Colorado is finding out. And then what happens to the drug cartels? I'm just, I'm just applying market sense to this problem. Drug cartels, all of a sudden, their marijuana isn't worth anything. Why would you want to buy from a foreign importer when you can either grow your own or go to a a local dispensary that is putting it out there at a much, a much cheaper cost without all that, you know, all the drug cartel overhead. Now, I, I got some pushback on Twitter today from individuals saying, well, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a family destroyed? Because my family's been destroyed by illicit drugs. And I said, yeah, they were destroyed and illicit drugs are illegal. They're illegal right now. And your family was destroyed. And the rationale is, well, more families will be destroyed. Well, I don't know that's the case. Because part of the allure in the drug culture is that it's illegal, man. You're getting away with something. What if it's no big deal? What do you do to the value? And you guys have these personalities in your life, those who are like, man, if I'm not, if I'm, I got to push the envelope, got to push the envelope. 
and that can th- that can lead to abuse. Let's see. Uh, coming in on Twitter right now. Let's see. This is Nathan Nathaniel. As a libertarian, I absolutely say the drug war has failed miserably, especially on marijuana. Well, I don't think you're alone. And and, and again, don't misunderstand. I'm not singing at all the virtues of drugs. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. But I would say after a massive campaign of educating people on the disasters that, that drugs can provide us, there'd be no excuse for anybody not to know how much of a cancer, how, how silly it would be for you to partake in this product. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for legalizing it, but then a full-on relentless blitz to where, let me, give the, let me put it this way. I was just talking with Mrs. Salcedo earlier today about, and we've talked about this on the show too, how in pop culture right now, we are seeing movies and television shows. The gay agenda is front and center. I asked my, my 15-year-old about a month ago, what, what percentage do you think that gays are in our population? She said about 30 or 40 percent. I think our, uh, our buddy Mike Slater from the weekends here on The Blaze also did something similar out in San Diego. 30 or 40 percent. But according to the census, it's about 2 percent. They're saying those who are gay but don't want to admit it, it could be closer to 5 or 6 percent. But nowhere near 30 or 40, but that's the perception. There's, there's a gay around every corner. Uh, if I can be Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. But the fact that they're a greater percentage and deserve a greater say than in our society that, that, that goes beyond their direct representation is silly. So that effort, a gargantuan effort being undertaken by Hollywood and the American left, we could do it as a culture when it came to illicit drugs. To basically, oh, you, you use drugs? Oh, hey, Sorry, can't hang, man. See you later. Bye. That kind of thing. So we, de- we, we decriminalize it, and then we get to work using some of that money to basically, it, it basically it's a massive peer pressure campaign, I guess for lack of a better term. I, th- I think we would get a lot better results than we're getting right now because right now, folks, we're spending $31 billion annually. And we're getting our lunch handed to us. It's 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 a complete and utter loss and failure. You want to weigh in on um, on this? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three or on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Got more to come, folks. We got to start talking about Gorsuch and the Supreme Court. Molly Hemingway came up with a an alternative to getting Gorsuch an up or down vote without going nuclear. I want to run that by you. Coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Dismantling liberal ideology, one issue at a time. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's let's start getting into into Gorsuch. A Fox News channel did a, a fantastic job of showing the hypocrisy of extremist libs like Chuck Schumer on this on this whole Supreme Court issue. Here he is, uh, Chuck Schumer, with the help of Fox News. Uh, Chuck Schumer back then, and Chuck Schumer today. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer insists it is a necessity, but that's not what he was saying back in 2013. We'd much prefer the risk of up or down votes in majority rule than the risk of continued total obstruction. That's the bottom line, no matter who's in power. No matter who's in power, need to have her up or down vote. That's what Chuck Schumer's talking about. Now, this is, what, of course, when Obama was in office. Need to have that up or down vote. Come on, let's, let's, let's get her done. No matter who's in office, said Chuck Schumer. Well, apparently he didn't mean it. That's the year Democrats invoked the so-called nuclear option, lowering the vote threshold for lower court federal nominees to just 51 in order to seat a number of President Obama's nominees on a key federal court. And this is today. The logic, the irresistible, immutable logic is if the nominee doesn't get 60, you change the nominee, not the rules. Right. Okay, so that's Chuck Schumer being a hypocrite, which is kind of what Chuck Schumer does. It's, it's what you do when you're a Democrat. Now, here is Chuck Schumer on Meet the Press this last weekend, and he's outlining to Chuck Todd his criteria for a, a nominee to the Supreme Court. Now, of course, he's not the party in power. His president's not sitting up on, uh, in the White House. Chuck Schumer believes that he should be... Li- now, when the Republicans were in power, they... Or, or, I'm sorry. When the Democrats were in power, the Democrats didn't have to listen to Republicans. Didn't have to listen to them. And the Democrats expected Sotomayor and Justice Kagan to be confirmed because they were qualified. Well, so too is Gorsuch. Gorsuch is qualified. You may not agree with his philosophy, but that's not the, that's not the bar. At least it didn't used to be. And here's Chuck Schumer saying what his criteria is. You know, Heidi Heitkamp, one of the Democratic senators uh, in your conference, she came out uh, in favor of Neil Gorsuch and in favor of cloture. She said she's not happy about it. She didn't like the way Merrick Garland was treated. But she ended her statement by essentially saying, two wrongs don't make a right. Okay, let me make a... Why not give Neil Gorsuch an up or down vote, Senator Schumer? Let me make a proposal here to maybe break uh, this problem that we have. That we have? No, it's, it's your problem, Chuck Schumer. This is your problem. You're the one who doesn't want to give Trump his nominee because you're, you're butthurt over, over Merrick Garland. And I understand that. But don't forget, it was you, sir, who also said that a sitting president with a year and a half left in his term should not be allowed to make a Supreme Court nomination. You said it, sir. You or Harry Reid, same difference. You guys are the same people, in essence, ideologically speaking. Okay. 
um, it looks like uh, Gorsuch will not reach the 60 vote margin. So instead of changing the rules, which is up to Mitch McConnell and the Republican majority, why doesn't President Trump, Democrats and Republicans in the Senate sit down and try to come up with a mainstream nominee? Because it's not your call. It's not your call. You're only there to advise, advise and consent. That's it. You don't get to sit there and say, well, we think you got to have this judicial philosophy. That's not up to you. You're not the party in power. At least that's the way things used to work before you Democrats started dismantling everything. Every single degradation of our societal norms, every single degradation of government norms, the 60 vote threshold, the respect for the minority, it has been done away with courtesy of liberal Democrats who wanted to get their way. And they were really upset and throwing a temper tantrum when they were expected, as in years past, past, to respect the Republicans when they were in the minority. And the Republicans were kind of dragging their feet on some lower court judges because it was their prerogative as the minority. And then who went nuclear? Wasn't the Republicans. Democrats went nuclear. Let's uh, continue. Chuck Schumer reminding Meet the Press or was reminded by Meet the Press. And you got to give the Brian Williams Network a little credit here. Chuck Todd uh, said, you know, hey, man, it's not the Republicans who destroyed 200 years of precedence. It was you. Well, yeah. why should Senator McConnell work with you guys on this when you changed the rules first uh, yeah. when you decided to do this? And again, a change that you yourself said this week and two months ago that you regret and it was a mistake. It, we never, but I don't regret not changing it for the Supreme Court. Now, does anybody, is anybody under the illusion? Because this, this is, remember when, when back in 06, when Bush was in, before the Republicans lost control of the various houses of Congress, that the Republicans had toyed with the idea of going nuclear back then. They just thought about it. And then John McCain is Gang of 14. By the way, Gang of 14, nowhere to be found right now. Uh, but they just thought about it. And then the Gang of 14 came in and everybody breathed a sigh of relief. The first chance the Democrats got when they got back into power, what did they do? They went nuclear. Nobody is under any illusion the next time the Democrats get into power, that they would go nuclear. They'd do exactly what Mitch McConnell is doing right now. Because Democrats, Democrats are throwing it all out the window. They did it with lower court justices. And had they had the opportunity to do it with a Supreme Court justice, which Republicans never filibustered, Republicans never filibustered, Kagan or Sotomayor. But Leave it to Democrats. They're going to be the first ones to do it. And let me read you a quote of Mr. McConnell. You like to put up quotes. He said, <laughs> I think we can stipulate, and my good friends on the other side of the aisle stipulated from time to time over the years when they were in the minority that in the Senate it takes 60 votes on controversial matters. Since when is the Supreme Court controversial? This is the job, according to our Constitution of the President, to appoint individuals to the Supreme Court. When did that become controversial? Oh, that's right. When Democrats went crazy. Here's Mitch McConnell on Fox. 
basically basically give, giving us a history lesson. Judge Gorsuch deserves to be confirmed. You know, unanimously well qualified by the American Bar Association. My counterpart, Senator Schumer, once called that the gold standard. Isn't that funny? It's, it's not a right-wing organization, folks. It's a left-wing organization, but still said that Gorsuch is qualified. Now, way back in the day, when it was Democrat appointees going to the high court, Chuck Schumer, oh, that's the gold standard. That's the gold standard, baby. Now they're saying gold, uh, Gorsuch is qualified. Chuck Schumer, uh, well, I guess they're not the gold standard. They're not the gold standard anymore. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. In the majority, 99% uh, of the time, 97% of his rulings uh, were unanimous, only reversed one time in a case in which he participated by the Supreme Court. Uh, President Obama's former acting solicitor general said there's no 